You gotta take chances, it's your day. You gotta take chances, no more waiting. You gotta take chances, it's your day. You gotta take chances. All right, welcome to another episode of the Take Chances Podcast. I'm your host, Chance Mack. And on the Take Chances Podcast, we talk about three things, tech, culture, and people. Now, I am excited to be back with you all today, and I have a very exciting guest that I want to share his story uh, with today. Uh, his name is Jamie Lee Cage Jr. He goes by Lee, and he is the d- delivery director for Crossview uh, in Emerging Technologies and Analytics. Now, this conversation is going to you know, span the gamut of tech, culture, and people. That's what we talk about. But Lee is really uh, taking on a, a new frontier, in which I want to talk about as well. So, uh, Lee, will you just take a second to introduce yourself and say hello to the audience? Yeah, hello everybody. So, as Chance mentioned, I am Lee Cage. Um, I lead our analytics and emerging technology team here at Crossview, which we're one of the best boutique uh, consultancies out there. So, thanks, Chance, for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for being on the show. So. Lee, I want to start with just your background. Um, can you just give me a little insight into how you grew up? Yeah, I mean, where do I start? For the last uh, maybe 15 years or so, uh, I've really worn a couple of different hats. So while I've been in the workday ecosystem for almost a decade, I've also been in the military for just past 15 years. Wow. So I think really the military life and blending that with the civilian pieces has really shaped you know, kind of who I am as a person, uh, what my beliefs are, what I, how I deliver work. Um, so I'm, I'm from Nashville, Music City, USA. I've been in the Tennessee Army National Guard almost all of my military tenure. Uh, they don't call us the volunteer state for no reason. So, <laughs> so I've really enjoyed kind of mixing my service with also the things that I love from a, uh, from a philanthropy perspective as well as um, Workday. Yes, sir. Did you grow up in Tennessee? Is that where your home is? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. I am Nashville born and raised, which and is, yeah, which is very rare. We have so many people that come here. Uh, Nashville is blended with so many different cultures and people who are, you know, coming for country music or technology or even healthcare. Yes, sir. Uh, so we have some huge healthcare markets uh, here in the Nashville area. So it's really a, a nice mix of people who are just trying to conquer the world. Yes, sir. So, Lee, if you, if you don't mind me saying this, I, we met in the Workday ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, most people know that follow me on the podcast or in the news, newsletter that I used to work at Crossview uh, when it was cross-country consulting. And like you mentioned, it's one of the best boutique consulting firms in the world. Um, you all do really great work uh, and have the best talent, honestly. Um, but can you give me just your your insight into what led you into the Workday ecosystem? And then what led you to cross country specifically or cross view specifically? Yeah, uh, it was an accident. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got connected with the Workday community, Workday ecosystem uh, by way of Goodwill Industries of Middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So um, I spent some time there as their HR training and development manager. I think early on, my goal was just to be this phenomenal HR person and because of a workday implementation, I actually started to fall in love with the technology pieces. So not just how I delivered uh, HR to people, but how technology enabled HR to deliver HR to people. 
Um, and so I was the HR manager at Goodwill for uh, training and development. We were on our workday implementation. And right afterwards, I figured out I've, I've got to go do this. So I became independent. I did that mm-hmm. for three or four years. Wow. Um, made my way to um, OSV, right? Mm-hmm. And was a EM for them. Segwayed over to collaborative, right? Okay. Uh, so I was a collabie. I wore the green, had the shirt and all the things. Yes, sir. And uh, a friend of mine moved to cross country. And um, there's this phrase that says that the water, uh, the grass is always green where you water it. Okay. Um, and so I believe wholly that collaborative had green grass. But then when I had an opportunity to sit and actually meet and interact with the folks at Cross Country, now Crossview, I realized that we were similar spirits, that we wanted to deliver great work. We wanted to have this truly amazing experience for our customers, but we were very focused on people and the culture and what that looked and felt like to be a part of a team. And as an army guy, I'm all about team. Yes, sir. Right? Um, being in the army, you are not you know, paid the highest salary, certainly not paid as a consultant, right? Uh, <laughs> but, but the team and the camaraderie uh, that happens there, uh, cross country, cross view, felt and still feels very similar to that. Uh, so now almost a decade later, we're here still in the work eco. Yes, sir. So did we talk about how you transitioned from the military? I know you're still active today, but yeah. how did you transition from the military to technology? Did we did we touch on that? Yeah, yeah. It was it also an accident. So okay, okay. Early in my career, uh, you may be shocked to hear this, but my first army MOS or first army job was actually transportation. Really? Uh so I anything the army has, I can drive. Okay. And so from transportation to human resources to counter drug task force to J9 family readiness, I served all types of units and directorates uh, in that capacity. And uh, the HR portion is the part that, that stuck with me. It pulled on my heartstrings. And uh, when I came off active duty uh, with the Tennessee Army National Guard, ADOS or AGR orders is what we call it. Um, when I came off of the, those orders, there was this very interesting opportunity for an HR manager for child support for the state of Tennessee. Okay. Um, again, Tennessee isn't called a volunteer state for no reason. Yeah. Uh, they truly do believe in supporting their military. And so um, I applied for this job with the state. The state has a veterans preference rule mm-hmm. and I got the job. Awesome. So as a young 20-something-year-old, I became uh, the HR manager for the 20th Judicial District for Child Support here in Nashville. Wow. And that was the, the segue from moving to being the service member where I was doing yellow ribbons and supporting uh, pre-deployment, during and post-deployment soldiers and their families to becoming an HR manager. Uh, on the civilian side, which is very different than <laughs> the yeah. HR on the Army side. Um, b- very different. So, um, But I'm grateful for it. So I had a phenomenal leader. Uh, our project manager, director uh, at the state was also a veteran. Okay. And he was really the pillar of helping me bridge the gap between my military expertise and what was required of me as a civilian at this point. Yes, sir. That's interesting. You know, I, I know that there are a lot of vets in tech um, 
that may find interest in your story and not even veterans in tech, but just people that are early in their career or um, want to make that transition into tech and hearing your story could be an inspiration to them. So I wanted you to speak on that and I appreciate you you know, sharing your story. Yeah, with this. thank you. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about kind of what you do today? Um, we talked a little bit about how you got into the industry, um, kind of some of your first experiences uh, in the ecosystem, but tell me about Workday as you view it today and then talk about what you do uh, specifically for Crossview. Yeah. So uh, at Crossview, I lead our analytics and emerging technology, which includes a very uh, interesting grouping of sub areas. So I have um, adaptive planning, okay, uh, prism, reporting, and data conversion, and all of these groups, you know, are cross-functional. They touch so many different areas. I mean, if you're looking at core HR, if you're uh, core HR HCM person, that could just be in stream, right? Uh, benefits could be in stream. Uh, talent optimization could be interesting, but when it comes to data conversion, it spans not just on the HCM side, it goes all the way across the financial side, right? Mm. Uh, when you're thinking about PRISM and all the fun things that you can do with that, uh, it's a pretty broad and cross-functional aspect of Workday. And so leading that team is has been one of the highlights of my career thus far, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, my billable work or my my specialty is not in analytics. Okay. So I'm leading a team of, of Jedis that are conquering the workday world in an area that I may not necessarily deliver in. Okay. My billable work, you know, comes from client-side project management and testing management. That that's my jam. Yes, sir. Right? So um I'm one of the I think one of the few people that gets like this high rush of adrenaline when I get an opportunity to like write a, a dope testing strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might be the uh, only one. <laughs> you know, or if I can take a customer's requirements and like take all of these things that you you told us and that you gave us and that you, you know, put on your menu list of things you wanted to accomplish and move all of that into beautiful scenarios, like I'm at my high. Really? Uh, and if I can build a solution that helps you deliver that testing in a way that is conducive to your business and gives you transparency around outcomes then like I'm, I'm at like cloud nine. Um, so I'm, it's a little interesting because my team isn't necessarily testing managers. Mm-hmm. They're, they're cross-functional folks, but testing in and of itself is also cross-functional. Okay. I'm not yeah. writing test scenarios, you know, just for HCM or just for financials or just for suppliers or just for student. My, our test scenarios have to cover all the gamuts of things that the customer uh, needs to test and validate to ensure that we met the requirements, that we captured them correctly. Yes, sir. And and that kind of speaks to, I guess, one of the core principles of Workday is just that oneness of the system, right? And yeah. just uh, everything talking to each other, everything, you know, flowing to each other because it's not, you know, siloed in that, in that, um, that perspective. So uh, that's interesting yeah. to hear you, you mentioned, number one, that your passion is around, you know, you know, developing those strategies, but then also just how you manage your team, uh, because I think that that's that's important um, as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the, yeah. the one thing I would add to that is Workday has this oneness, right? But in, there, there are multiple testing cycles, right? If you've been a part of a Workday deployment, you know, it is iterative. Yes, sir. Even our methodology is now called iterative design. So it is a iterative process that, that takes you know, multiple things, multiple layers of content and information and configuration to validate 
accordingly. And so one of the best, I think one of the coolest things that I get to experience with our customers is their realization that they've done it. Like yes, sir. they've accurately described their requirements or sometimes that they actually haven't accurately described their requirements, but that aha moment for them is really when we see them owning the system where it becomes theirs, where they can show and prove that they understand what's happening. It's it's really fulfilling, I think, for me, because it meets that yearnings to see people be successful. So, yeah. Yes, sir. And that kind of leads me to my next question. Like, what are some of the things that you find the most fulfillment out of in terms yeah. of your work? Is it is it, you know, just the customer success or what are some of the things that you're passionate about in terms of outcomes? It's 100 percent the customer success. I mean, when I was an HR manager, I, most people don't choose HR because they want to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I started my HR career in government and nonprofit. So certainly you're not doing it because you want to make a lot of money. Yes, sir. Uh, it's because you want to see people you know, arrive at that 2.0 or that 3.0 version of themselves. You want to see them be able to pay their bills and have a life and support their family. And I think work is really... People underestimate it, but Workday is really an enabler for that. Yes, sir. When an organization has a really good implementation, kudos to the implementation team, right? Mm -hmm. But kudos to the organization that can pay their people on time and can have the right earnings and deductions on their checks. And we're not, you know, taxing people incorrectly or we don't have those types of challenges. You know, kudos to the organization, that hospital that's able to accurately track the number of masks that they have from a supplier's perspective, or the number of ventilators that they have and where those are located and how those are checked in and checked out. All of that, even though it's just a HR or just a financial system, right? It actually can help people who are facing life and death decisions. So that's- Yes, sir. You know, you you mentioned something that that I just find just so fascinating. You talked about just the the ability to track just really granular things like man, uh, mask or ventilators. And I remember working for Crossview uh, during the pandemic and just how important it was to, to, to be able to not only track those things, but to be able to be flexible and change um, just in a time of need. Um, and kind of, it, it, I'm just curious to, to know, like, how do you stay, um, you know, educated on, on the cutting edge? Because Workday is always changing. It's always updating, you know, two releases a year. Um, how do you stay motivated to continue to learn and to continue to evolve as a as a part, a person that's a part of the ecosystem? And where do you see, you know, Workday going just from your perspective in analytics and emerging technologies? Yeah, um, I think it was William Blake, I think, who said, uh, what is now proved was once only imagined. Mm. So the motivation, the innovation, all of those things are critical, not just for, you know, our business to be successful, not just for Workday to be successful, but for humans, for for people to be successful. And I think a part of my motivation, again, one of my yearnings is to see people be successful, to have that client satisfaction, to build that relationship with people. So because you know, staying up to date on my certifications or looking to see what's happening out there, not just in the workday world, but even in our competitors world, yeah. but more importantly, what's happening in our customers world. I think it's our job as consultants to be the Tylenol to the headaches or the dilemmas that our customers have. Mm. And sometimes, you know, 
so that they can focus on their people, their products, their services, their needs. They, they don't have a lot of time and energy to spend trying to have trying to fix system issues. They need the right. system to do its job so that they can do theirs. So I think that's why it's so important for us to stay up to date on what's happening. Um, to your question around, uh, you know, in the industry, if you will, I am fascinated, okay, by all things AI. Yes, I mean, sir. <laughs> Hot topic. I, yeah, I, I can't tell you the number of videos that I have uh, made using AI's uh, speech to text. Okay. But, uh, but as a person who frequently records uh, videos for customers. So if I go back a little bit prior to becoming the DL for uh, analytics, I was the delivery leader for transformation and our advisory services. Mm. So that was change management, phase um, zero testing management, um, you know, all of those types of things, writing, writing or supporting our team who was writing QRGs, helping customers reimagine the future. So this whole thing around how we can use even AI as an enabler in tandem with Workday, I think is a very unique um, opportunity and one that we haven't fully solved yet because, you know, yes, it feels like this whole chat GPT just went out like yesterday, like boom. Yes, and it's like everywhere. It's like yes, everywhere. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes and how we can leverage it both internally, but across the ecosystem as well. Yes, sir. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I think um, that's one of the most exciting parts of uh, what I do today, just working in the Workday ecosystem is just, um, you know, just seeing the, the the through lines into the artificial intelligence and what that could mean for our customers, our pr prospective customers, uh, us as employees, right? Like just right. how can we take advantage of the technology that's at our fingertips? Um, and, and you're right, it's moving so rapidly um, that we have to just, you know, be, get comfortable being uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know, you'll miss the bus. <laughs> right, right. Yes, so. sir. So so talk to me a little bit about just your viewpoint on analytics. Like you mentioned earlier that, you know, your focus is not on delivering the analytics, like coding the analytics or building the analytics per se, but just um, more on the strategy side of it and, and enabling your team to, to, to work on those things. Can you talk to me about where you see analytics today and how you've seen it evolve over time? Yeah, I mean, I think of, oh my goodness, remember the days where customers had to produce these EIBs and oh, yeah. there was this like massive undertaking to manipulate the data to get it to go into Workday? Yes, well, sir. our team has spent you know a lot of time trying to reduce some of that burden for our customers. Mm -hmm. uh, we have internal tools that are able to take some of that information and read that code and then to decipher it and to move it into the way that we need Workday to digest it. And while that's just a small you know, viewpoint into our analytical power, if you will, or our, you know, uh, innovation that we're working on here, I think that overall, when you look at analytics, when you look at AI, when you look at things like um, Automation Anywhere, I love those guys. There's so much opportunity for us to just, hopefully, my hope is, so much opportunity for us to reduce the human burden, to have people focus on the things that they really need to be focused on, whether that's even during an implementation or within their business, like our customers' businesses. So, yes, sir. 
I see it growing. I mean, I, I think it's limitless. Uh, you know, kind of going, going back to the earlier quote, I see it as an opportunity, especially for younger folks. And I say younger, new to new to their career, junior consultants. This is really an opportunity, you know, for them to be innovative and creative and to decide what the future looks like. You know, and I say the same thing to my my soldiers that are, you know, coming into the military, this is an opportunity for them to decide what, you know, Army 2.0 or CrossView 2.0, 3.0 is going to look like in five years or in 10 years, because the leaders that are here now may not be the leaders that are here in, in that time. They become the next leaders. That's a great point. And that's a very profound perspective. Um, and that kind of speaks to your leadership, too, uh, just having that mentality to encourage um those soldiers, those people on your team to think think differently um, and try to recognize opportunities as well. What would you say are some of the qualities um, that make a successful um, technologist or someone who works in the Workday ecosystem? And then also, could you translate that into um, what, it, what are the qualities that make a successful soldier? So, you know, the... Uh... The Department of Defense has decided already what makes a successful soldier. Uh, and but I would say when I think about what makes a good technologist, when I think about what makes a good leader, because I feel all soldiers are leaders, regardless mm -hmm. of the rank that they wear on their chest. Um, I think it's probably follows the exact model of our core values. Wow. Um, I think leaders have to be integral. Uh, they have to have personal courage. They have to have selfless service and not ask consultants or customers to do things that they won't. Um, I think they have to be respectful and uh, loyal to the outcome, not necessarily to the process. Mm. I think they have to be honorable, uh, but more so than some of those other ones, I think that good leaders have to be self-aware and have a high amount of self-regulation. Um, I think, you know, as a you know, dude that spent a lot of time in technology, especially, I mean, almost a decade at this point in the Workday ecosystem, uh, I am aware probably more, more than some uh, of my limits when it comes to the tool. And I think as a good leader, I, I think it's important to know who is your gap filler. I don't have to be great at all the things. Right. As a matter of fact, I, I will never be great at all the things, yeah. but I have some amazing team members who are great in the area of my deficiency. Yes, sir. And those are the people that I want to push forward, that I want to push into the spotlight, that I want to give the opportunity to, that I want to put in front of the customer, because that is the thing that they were designed to do. That's the skill that they have honed. If you put me on an adaptive project, you would not be happy with the outcome. <laughs> okay. Um, but if you ask me to build scenarios, write a test strategy, a test plan to wrap around smart sheets with dashboards and analytics that can tell the story from a data perspective without tyranny, mm -hmm. I could do that and do it with ease. So I think when we think about like, you know, what makes a good leader, what makes a good consultant, knowing the scope of your limitations or knowing like where your scope of responsibilities end and where the next person picks up. I think that's important because no one can do it all. And if you are doing it all, kudos to you, whoever you are out there. 
Yes, sir. Lee, you mentioned something that just kind of uh, lit off a light bulb in my mind. You, you mentioned smart sheets. And we yeah, were talking about my life. <laughs> yes, sir. We were talking pre-show about just kind of your next frontier and kind of what you're working on outside of work. Um, and maybe not even outside of work, but something that you're just passionate about. Can you talk to me about just what you're working on and smart sheets and how that all comes together? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, if there were like three things that are like the love of my life, it would be Army Workday and Smart Sheets. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> That's uh, Army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it'll be on a billboard one day. Yeah, on a T-shirt. Uh, you know. A T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, Army 15 years and counting workday almost a decade smart sheets um half a decade almost six six years or so uh, that i've been using and leveraging the tool i think um on the smart sheets kind of topic over the last year i have been working with some phenomenal friends of mine working to collaborate with future thinkers future leaders to create templates blueprints um, solutions that are predefined to help fill gaps, I think, that exist in the ecosystem. I think ultimately, you know, Workday manages HR, Workday mm -hmm. manages financials, Workday manages students. Uh, Workday has the ability to manage all of those things, but Workday doesn't manage itself. Right. That's true. That's and true. that's the gap that we have to have to fix. And so uh, over the last year, I've been working to build templates and tools that actually can help um, future customers and existing customers be better prepared and sit in alignment with the updates and the things that they need to actually manage and support their business internally. Uh, and with that in mind, I, I figured after all of this work and all this collaboration and all of these kind of offline tools and templates that my friends and I were working on, we decided, why don't we turn this into something like real, something tangible? And uh, with that being said, we are we're launching our own little small uh, smart sheets uh, partner firm at the beginning of June. Wow, that's incredible! You hear here first on the yeah. Take Choices podcast. Oh my! Tell God. me more. Tell me more. So, yeah, I mean, so the company is going to be called uh, is, is called uh, Curated Automation. Okay. And our whole goal is to help our customers have better data, better insights, better reports, uh, real-time storytelling dashboards, extracting information that may be in Workday or information they need to support and sustain the Workday. So when wow. you think about how they're doing release management, when you think about how they're planning for their team, I mean, there's internal project management that has to happen for Workday customers, mm -hmm. how they're managing things for like Cisco audits. Um, what are they doing if their SOX audited and things that they need to have if their SOX compliant, even if they're not, you know, SOX audited. Um, and so we, we came up with curated automation. Let me tell you, right now, um, more than 75% of the people that, that are on our team that will be a part of this company are veterans, spouses of veterans, or dependents wow. of veterans. That's incredible. And so um, I can't necessarily change the world and hire all of my veterans friends today, mm -hmm. but I can try. Yes, sir. So this gives me you know, an opportunity to take those really, really smart people who you know, want and, and 
really are, are kind of seeking that that opportunity and put them in a place that gives them that exposure with a tool that is almost as limitless as Workday is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is kind of where we are. I mean, it's it's we're excited, we're prepping, we are doing all the things to get ready for this, you know, kind of launch. Our friends over at Smartsheets have been super supportive uh, as well, and we love them for it. Uh, but I think you know, just to kind of add on to this, this Smartsheets partner firm is one of just a handful of minority and veteran owned Smartsheets partners. Wow. That's awesome. And so I think it's going to be a game changer uh, in the Smartsheets ecosystem, but also as we look to support and to liaison with Workday customers, I think it's going to be a game changer there as well. Yes, sir. I see your vision as clear as day. Um, and I could hear the passion in terms of how you talk about it. I mean, describe the opportunity, not only from a product and just delivery perspective, but also from a employee perspective and employment opportunity perspective. Um, and as a product at, of a military family, my dad was in the Navy for over 20 years. I'm sorry to that. hear that chance. Okay. I'm yeah. Sorry to, <laughs> yeah. I know that. army guy, you know, I know there's a little bit. Of, we'll see them little, at the Na- army Navy games. Okay. Later on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I could see how, how, how that could be a huge opportunity for the veterans in tech. Um, and not only just vets in tech, but just those who want to get into tech as well. So I, I wish you much success on your on your future endeavor, and I'm excited for that next frontier for you. Thank you. I think the the one other thing I would add about this, I love how you're uh, merging these the bed and tech piece because you know I know Workday does um, a lot of military hiring um, crossview. I was their first actively serving service member. Wow! At, at both crossview and cross country. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm so grateful. I mean, cross country is almost 20 years old mm-hmm. and they are robust. They're amazing guys. If you don't know them, check them out. Accounting advisory is their thing. But I think as a vet who is in tech, it is so important to have employers that are supportive of our dual service because yes, it is not, you know, just this one weekend a month, two weeks during the summer. Um, Earlier today, I was on base right before our session, um, hanging out with our readiness NCO and our team to make sure that my packet for school is squared away and that the things have to happen. So it's not, you know, no longer is it just this kind of isolated service. It's something that becomes a part of your life. And when organizations, you know, truly support military from that perspective, it changes the way that we can support our families. Yes, so, sir. And, yeah. and, and to your point, we know that, um, or not even we, but just I, I, I see that companies are becoming more open-minded in how they support veterans um, because it is a non-traditional uh, type of, um, you know, service. You know, you're, you're serving your country and serving, you know, the, the corporation or organization that you're working with. And it needs to be some flexibility there. Um, so I, I, I totally get you know, where you're coming from and, and shout out to cross country for, um, you know, supporting you in that as well. Yeah. They, they deserve all of it. I mean, not, not just because they're my current employer, but you know, they back in October, I actually had a chance to nominate them for a national guard bureau award Wow! through, through ESGR uh, because 
unlike most companies, cross country, cross view now mm -hmm. actually fully compensates me during my periods of service. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, so those guys certainly deserve the shout out um, because I mean, I've been in the army for a long time. I've had many employers or certainly not many, but a few employers, but never so, have I worked at an organization that said that we realize the value that you're placing for our country and what this means. And we're going to make sure you're whole, even while you're serving. Wow. So um, huge shout out to those, those the, the team. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So we talked a little bit about kind of what you're working on as your next frontier. Um, what, what advice would you have for any younger folks that are getting into the industry um, that want to maybe even take on a, an opportunity of op entrepreneurship like you're doing? Um, any advice that you would offer to um, those that are curious and interested in what you're what you're working on? Yeah, um, I would say first is understand the impact. In technology, the compensation is going to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever your drivers are in mind was impact. Uh, and it just so happened that I, I got a, a chance to make, you know, a, a great salary, you know, and mm -hmm. an opportunity to support and sustain my family. But it really, for me, was impact. So understand what drives you uh, and then find the organization that mirrors that. What, what drives you also drives them. So for me, cross country and cross view, it was like people, culture, all the things. Yes, sir. Uh, so I'm like, okay, wow, I can spend, you know, eight hours most days, but 10 hours some days and sometimes 12 hours helping our customers and still not feel depleted when I leave at the end of the day, because what drives me also drives them. Um, so as a young person in tech or as someone who's new to tech, find the company that matches your belief system. If your belief system is a company that has, you know, a, a strong philanthropic, you know, objectives and mission, and you want to be able to volunteer and have all the volunteer days and do all the things, then, you know, check out collaborative, you know, yes, I'm not sir. advocating for collaborative. I love collaborative guys, but, <laughs> uh, but they, they, they do that right? They have sure. the shirts, they volunteer, they do all the things, they're in the community. I, while I was spending time with them, that was a huge part of their company culture and beliefs is that we have the ability to change the world and we can do that collaboratively. Uh, so I think as a person in tech starting out, I would do that. But the third thing that I would do is figure out uh, who my uh, coach or mentor or sponsor is going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, early on, I found people who were in the positions or levels that I wanted to be in. And I connected with them. I found them. I sought them out um, so mm -hmm. that I could get, you know, those seeds from what their experiences were. How did they navigate these types of things? How did they work through organizational uh, politics? Um, how did they navigate through challenges with being um, in the service and working, you know, a civilian job. Uh, one of the things I did, you know, early on with one of my mentors and someone I greatly respect, uh, Sean, he was, you know, Fulberg Colonel. That's one wow. step below a general and wow. made, you know, senior levels, you know, at his organization. And he did that all while wearing the uniform. So as a part of, you know, the things that I sought to extract from him was how do I do this? How do I balance it? So as a young person in tech, find that person that's where you are 
and connect with them, LinkedIn message them. LinkedIn yes, message me and then I will find them with you if that's the case. Um, because I think it's so important to have sponsorships and one that can you know, set the tone for you, that can advocate for you even when you're not in the room, but also someone who's been there and that can mentor you and help you uh, be the next best you. Yes, sir. Yeah, that mentorship component is so key. Um, I, I find that true and valuable even in my own career. Um, yeah. I feel like I would be nowhere without my mentors. Um, and it, it's it just, it's a pivotal part of your career is just finding mentors that are willing to help you, that want to help you. Um, yeah. And then it kind of leads to your first point about just impact, because you might have a viewpoint on what your impact could be, but your your mentors with their experience could say, hey, you know, go further, do this. Uh, here's an opportunity for you. Yeah. I, when early on, I had a person um, who was not a mentor <laughs> who said, okay. who said, Lee, you just need to figure out one thing and do that thing. I'm like, well, I'm more than just that thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, okay, I have all these things I'm interested in. I have all these things that drive me, that motivate me, that, that, you know, where I, I will wake up at three o'clock in the morning, uh, and take notes and like, oh, this I could solve this by doing X, Y, and Z. I have all these things that are in my head. How do I, how do I find the job that lets me do that? Right. And the person was like, no, you just need to be great at one thing and let that be that. Just spend your time there. And then I found my mentor who said, wait a minute, you can be great at that thing. And yes, be great at it. But you can be good at a couple other things and you can be average at a few other things. And you can still have hobbies that drive you, that, that feed your yearnings. And, you know, if I look back at my full career, when I was 17 when I enlisted in the, wow. uh, in the army, I had not even graduated high school. Wow. And I didn't know that somehow or another that the army work would end up in this thing and that thing would end up in that thing and training and development as a, uh, as a HR training and development manager would give me the foundation that I would need five or six years later to be a delivery leader for mm -hmm. advisory and transformation who was doing just that thing or, you know, all, just all the things that, oh, this person said, hey, you should go learn smart sheets. It'll help you one day. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Paid mm -hmm. for my first certification out of pocket through smart sheets. Wow. And, and now here I am opening and launching a smart sheets partner firm. It, it wasn't about the one thing. It was about all the things that made me uniquely me. Yes, sir. So, yeah. Yes, sir. That's that's incredible advice and just perspective as well. Lee, I know we're coming up on time, but I do want to ask you one personal question, man, uh, or really just give you a compliment. Um, you're one of the best dressed guys I've ever met. Um, I've never seen Lee not have on a nice outfit, either a button up or a blazer. Um, and it could be on a Friday. This man is just sharp. Um, I get dressed for work. Yes, sir. So, yeah, you dress. Yeah, you dress for success. Um, tell me a little bit about your just your passion in, in in fashion. I don't even know if that's a passion of yours, but that's just something I, that stands out to me when I yeah. think about you. Um, I would say it's it's not necessarily a passion. I mean, I do enjoy buying stuff and then wearing <laughs> it. Yes, sir. Uh, but I think it actually comes from my upbringing, mm. from my family. Um, I come from a small town and um, in in the Tennessee area. And there are a lot of us. And growing up, my uh, my grandmother and my grandfather used to always say, um, don't go nowhere and embarrass me. Yes, sir. I know somebody who knows you. 
And mm -hmm. you are a representation of me and our name. And so when I think about like, you know, how I dress or how I look or how I present to our customers, um, it's important that that is always polished because I'm representing somebody else. Yes, sir. So for me, it's more of a, of a culture or family statement that like, yes, I'm still honoring uh, my grandfather who's you know now deceased, but I'm still honoring him by representing his name, who he is, what he believes, what he stands for, how he presents himself. I'm doing that as an outward um, kind of tribute yes, sir. Uh, to him. Uh, the other portion would be, I have to get dressed for work. If I'm in sweats, I think I'm at home. And yes, yes I sir. work from home when I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. uh, traveling for work, but I have to mentally turn that switch on to say, okay, I'm putting this on. I'm now working for X, Y, and Z customer to help them deliver value. Uh, so it's, it's a mental thing. It's a family thing. And uh, it's, it's kind of become a, my brand or my, you know, kind of what I'm known for. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's definitely one of the things that stood out to me when I when I met you. And um, just over the years that I've known you, I, I've never seen you not dressed to the nines, very sharp. See, I didn't even know you were looking. This is now my grandfather would be happy because he yes, knows sir. like. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Well, Lee, man, I, I do want to say thank you. Um, thank you for your perspective. Thank you for your time. Uh, I do think that this will be valuable not only to, to my audience, but it's been valuable to me as well. Just hearing, you know, your journey, your story. Uh, it's it's inspiring. And uh want to encourage you to continue to share um, because people need to hear from you specifically. Um, you're, you, you cross a lot of different lines. And um, when you tell your story, um, it's just so natural. And uh, I know that people will resonate with it. So I want to say thank you to for coming on the Take Chances podcast. You'll be in the Take Chances newsletter. That'll be shared all over LinkedIn. And yeah, I'm um, taking chances, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You are. <laughs> you are. You yes, absolutely are. So um, again, thank you, Lee. Uh, I appreciate your time and uh, I'll talk to you soon. You got to take chances. No more waiting. You got to take chances. It's your day. You got to take chances.